podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Pod Jockey, Cinema Geekly's music video centric podcast with Anthony Lewis and Ben Knight, and we're back to talk three more music videos. Ben, uh, this week is the uh, the great experiment where. Uh, <laughs> Hasn't just... every week of 2020 been the great experiment? <laughs> yes. Okay. That yes, that has. 2020 has been <laughs> one giant social experiment, but uh, we're we're kind of conducting our own mini one here, and then I sort of unwittingly at first, but then very quickly realized I was sort of conducting my own uh, mini, like a thing within a thing. So the idea I came up with on a whim last week at the end of the podcast was uh, let's just do an all request uh, episode where we don't, you and I don't pick anything uh, and we leave it up to everybody else. And I think we can all agree. We ain't doing that again. (laughs) When when I looked uh, when I looked at the uh, what I wanted to pick, I then very quickly realized that I was picking videos from people that I knew personally. So it's not just random; it's people that I actually know. So I'm thinking we probably won't do this for next week, but at some point, Ben, I will task you with gathering three music video suggestions from people that you know. Uh, and we will, we will do that for an episode at some point, um, down the line. I, I, other than the fact, I'm not sure whether that's wise on account of <laughs> you, you've already seen one of them, but I was yes. just thinking he's, he, tasks, he tasks me, he tasks, tasks yes. me and I will have him. Yep. Um, yeah, we're probably not going to do Bewitched still. <laughs> Maybe we should do back when Turner Overdrive sings. I've mentioned it in every episode so far. Uh, yes, I, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard that's there becoming go, part of the that's, yes that's becoming part of the podcast lore um, is mentioning BTO so yeah uh, we'll we'll just have to get them on a show for some reason instead of you know reviewing a music on. video yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just bring them on uh, so yeah three video requests uh, Ben and I have picked nothing uh, technically I picked the videos but uh, I I didn't choose them I I chose who selected them so. Yeah, we're going to hop into those. We're hopping to the first of these three uh, immediately after this break. 
MTV's sassiest sister is ready to take on the fashion victims and sports crazed goons that pollute Lawndale High. It's the return of Daria, Quinn, Jane, Trent, Mr. O'Neill, the parents Morgendorfer, and the rest of the crew for an all-new season of peace, love, and understanding. Season premiere tonight at 10 p.m. You're standing on my neck. Followed by an all-new Making the Video with Janet Jackson at 10.30. First there were stereo viewers. Wow. Then there were stereo recordings. Wow. Now stereo TV. Wow. MTV. Music television. So the first video this week, you spin me round, parentheses, like a record by Dead or Alive. And then uh, this video suggested to me by my daughter, my eldest daughter, Kayla. She, se <laughs> she selected this video largely because of the other things she wanted us to look at as well. I don't know if you watched the other accompanying video i did i am familiar with it yes um, uh that is largely yeah. that is largely why she selected this but we can't ignore the actual and original uh version of this song which i would say is probably pretty familiar it was like a big one-hit wonder uh and it was also uh would you say covered to moderate success by dope the new metal band Dope that also made I don't know if that did that make waves in the UK. It did in the Absolutely states. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't. I, I'm I'm aware of it, but no, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, it made waves here in the states. It got like a lot of radio play and stuff. Um, mm. In fact, it was probably the first time I had actually listened to the song. Like I'm sure I'd heard the original, but um, that was the first time I'd actually ever was actually introduced to that song was through dope which i don't even know if they exist anymore but uh <laughs> that song and that was probably their biggest hit too which is weird but yeah uh ben i don't know where you want to start with this mm. music video <laughs> some of the videos um, we've watched have a story to them or it is a, a band performance how would you describe the music video for Dead or Alive's You Spin Me Round? A Pete Burns performance. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Pete Burns, who uh, was in fact born not far from where I'm currently sat, um, he was born in, uh, in Cheshire, mm -hmm. which is next door to Manchester. Um, and he's spent, you know, he spent quite a long time living in Liverpool, which as we know from previous shows is 30 miles up the road from me. Um, the the video is is understated which is odd for um 
for someone of Pete Burns' character because nothing Pete mm. Burns ever did was understated. Um, you know, the, the I think what it is was I mean, so the band Dead or Alive was a a, a, a sort of escape plan for Pete Burns' original band, which was called. Um, Nightmares in Wax, not to be confused with Nightmares on Wax. The mm-hmm. um, was it George Evelyn, the the DJ, who incidentally, if you don't know Nightmares on Wax, you should go and check them out. Um, but uh, it, it was an escape plan, basically, to get away from other people that Pete Burns was in a band with. Yeah. Um, and this was, you know, five years later, they had this pretty pretty epic uh, hit with this track. The video feels a bit cobbled together, and it, it's kind of. You know, it's in the same vein. Not it's sort of not dissimilar to the sort of new romantic stuff, the you know adamant and and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it could only be from 1984. I mean, oh yes, a, it, it, it's a it's a seminal mid 80s um, sort of pop dance record. You know, yeah. Um, synth, synth I think what's interesting stuff, about yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I think what's interesting about it is that um, Pete Burns had various bits of success over the years, but you know, in part with um, uh, with Dead or Alive, and then uh, some later stuff as well. But in truth, Pete Burns' career pretty much disappeared not long after it started in the eighties, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until um, I guess the uh, mid 90s sort of briefly reappeared um did a a single in very early 2000s i think with um pet shop boys which wasn't a big hit Mm -hmm. um and then again sort of vanished and then of course um reappeared in uh that most awful of television formats big brother (laughs) uh which was one of the weirdest series of Big Brother, I think, that's uh, ever existed. It was the the one in which George Galloway, who you guys remember for probably similar reasons to the ones we do, such as that he's a complete Fruit Loop, mm-hmm. uh, although he was entertaining to watch in the Senate, wasn't he? Um, but he uh, he was on Celebrity Big Brother with him. I can't remember if it was the same series that had... Um, Oh come on! Who am I thinking about? Interviewed for Children of the Adams. Oh, awful um, dude, blonde hair, not Margie Clark. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. Yeah, it'll come back. Yeah, I mean, you know her. How oh, that's awful. <laughs> Bridget Nielsen, that's all. Ah, uh, Bridget um, Nielsen, yes. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember if it was the same series. I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, and there was again a brief sort of resurgence in this one track then as well. Yeah. Um, and then you know that's about it so much like people like Lola Ferrari and and other people who sort of popped up throughout 80s 90s culture um, really Pete Burns became known in the 80s for you know what was it they once described Brian Molko as in enemy was it uh, naughty sex naughty drugs naughty smeared makeup Mm -hmm. Um, that was a a pretty good accurate summary of Brian Molko and I think it could have been applied um, in the 80s was frequently applied to Pete Burns of course it's interesting that you know you can look in with with, look with 2020 eyes um, oh hindsight being 2020 Mm -hmm. uh, at you know Pete Burns' sort of journey and his interaction with um, with plastic surgery and everything else which is pretty much what bankrupted him um, and his 
horrendous health problems and everything else you can look back through all of that and and perhaps see somebody who um were they born a little bit later perhaps wouldn't have been left to such a sort of chaotic spiral as he was but sure yeah. um none of this is anything to do with the video save to the fact that uh, the interesting thing about this video is the fact that it features somebody who really was a i say was because for those who haven't realized he's, he died um Oh, crikey, in uh, 2016, I think, mm-hmm. um, had a heart attack. Um, he 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 was a very, very interesting, if rather bizarre man. Yeah. Um, I like the video because it's playful. It's kind of, um, I think it gets that it's, even at the time, it was a pastiche of itself. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, as much as when I saw this come up in the list of songs, I thought, oh, really? Um, but I've, I've obviously doing this. I probably, I think I may have listened, I don't know, three or four times, and it's it's hard to kind of ignore that it's a really good little pop tune. Yep. I mean, the reason the reason my daughter suggested this was not because she thinks it's awful and funny to laugh at. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think she thinks this video fucking rules. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you talked about how he had a, a problematic life, but also somewhat eccentric and interesting. Like that is what this video oh, God, is. Yeah. yeah. If you watch this video, it is all of those things. It is so over the top, like the dance moves, if you can call them that <laughs> are just like, they're on the verge of they're on the verge of terrible, but they're, just there enough that it's like I kind of want to do those. It's so goofy I've that it's it. fun. Well, this is it. Yes, but we've seen it copied a thousand times since. Oh yes, you know? yes. Uh, not just in the eighties where there was a lot of the sort of theatrical sort of um, you know posturing type dance moves and so on. But yeah. you know, fast forward a bit and look at voguing both in the original format and the later adapted version by Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know that kind of that sort of theater style of of dance uh-huh. never really went away it predates this a little bit but it, really pete burns was sort of a little bit at the forefront of it yeah and it's hardly surprising because you see the most common places for it to reoccur throughout the decades and it's mm-hmm. in queer culture and actually pete burns um many people get now sort of look back and go well he was obviously trans well uh, not not according to him he was um very cisgendered male but was i think for a long time referred to himself as bisexual i think probably these days we might say pansexual instead but yeah um you know he he really was a queer icon albeit Mm -hmm. unfortunately like so many queer icons he was also something of a a a sort of a a bit of a mess in terms of his uh his own life which is sad which is rather sad but but the theater in this yeah the, the the dance moves are are fucking glorious yeah it's it's crazy like they are for some reason there's just a like i want to do those moves like and whenever this pops up if we're messing around on youtube or listening to music or just even if the song pops up me and her will look at each other and start doing those moves because it's like impossible to not do them once you've watched the video uh yeah it's just it is a bizarre video like it's essentially from beginning to end it's like three minutes and 16 seconds of 
performance art. Like there's not really a story. It's just imagery of the band in various uh, scenarios performing the song, but uh, I mean, they're not playing instruments. It's just them singing or it's the, the, the backup band twirling flags around or it's Pete Burns, like showering himself with glitter, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's basically my morning routine. <laughs> yeah. That's how Ben gets up every morning. That's every day. He Pretty waves much. his flag. Yeah. Uh, it's like a Rip Taylor handful of glitter. Yes. Yeah. I don't always have the eye patch, but I do some days, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yes, the eye patch where'd be... you steal that from? <laughs> mm. The eye patch. Yeah. I, I would imagine the eye patch wouldn't be an everyday thing. But in fact, hang on a minute. Controversy um, for this episode. Okay. Um, discussed. Uh, Madonna stole um, both her um, trademark uh, voguing, not from um, the place everyone credits to, but actually from Pete Burns, mm-hmm. and stole her eye patch in her Madam X era more recently. She owes her career to Pete Burns. Convince me otherwise. Ah, yes. Sit, sit down at that table. That <laughs> whatever that meme is with that with that guy. Yeah. Uh, convince Ben of the truth. Hey, look, that is a, a hot take, sir. Uh, feel free <laughs> to a uh, late review is what it is. It's a very late review, <laughs> but, uh, it's, I mean, it's a very hot, but cold take, uh, a hot take mm-hmm. on a cold subject matter. Uh, and yeah. I, you know what? Also the, the song, I like the song too, as you noted, it's really catchy. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why these songs, why this song charted so well, why this band is known for this song it's catchy songs are catchy like that's it also mixes really well into um blue monday just so you know in case there's any aspiring djs out there about to run an 80s night these two tracks play into each other real easy Mm -hmm. uh so (laughs) have you (laughs) just blend them in together uh did you read about how pete burns wrote this song I did not. It was presumably on the back of a cigarette packet. He said, uh, "He said that he listened to Luther Vandross's I Wanted Your Love.' He said that you spin me around is not the same chord structure." He says though that this is how he, the way he writes music, he hears something and then he sings another tune over top of what he's listened to. So he listened to that Luther Vandross song and started putting his own lyrics to it, essentially. And that's how he starts writing songs, which that's an interesting way to go about it. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like he's well, stealing yeah. songs, but like other songs inspire him to to put something else there. And then the music comes afterwards is what it sounds like. You know what? Take the major chords of G-A-D-C, play them in any order. You will recognize a melody in there from a hundred something. Different songs. Yep. Yep. You know, as is as the Internet knows from various videos by the band who do exactly that and i can't remember what they're called um yeah there's there's nothing unusual in that being a songwriting format i think everyone does it sometimes people do it consciously sometimes not um i would say that pete, pete burns is sort of um sort of odd thing about that is the fact that he he was honest about the fact that yeah i listen to something that i like i then think hmm, what could i do with a melody that's different from that yes great mm-hmm. um and look, it works for this song. Uh, one thing I'm going to have to do is go back and re-listen to this because on Wikipedia, at least, they 
they cite that the string, uh, the strings arrangement in the song were based off of Ride of the Valkyries, which I will have to go back and listen to see if I can pick up on that. Because I know Ride of the uh, Valkyries very well, but... I think the root notes from it probably are, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they say based on, I mean, really loosely based on. Yes, but yes. That would that would make sense to me, actually, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to hmm. see if there I is never anything. Noticed that. Uh, the, yeah, the track was re-released in 2006 after uh, Pete Burns took part in Celebrity Big Brother. So that's uh, that's not too surprising. Um, Dear forty two, George Galloway is pretending to be a cat. That actually <laughs> happened, by the way. Uh, the song, outside of being covered by Dope, was also covered by Jessica Simpson. If people remember her, uh, she did a yeah. pop rendition in two thousand and six, uh, and the song was sampled by Flo Rida. For his a billion uh, other people, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's notable that this was sampled by Flo Rider. Uh, uh, pardon me, Rida. I apologize. Uh, I think it was very cleverly uh, sampled because the song he sampled it for was called "Right Round Ben." <laughs> so oh, not, only right. he, not only did he not only did he sample it, it was on. It was on the radio literally two days ago, so I'm very familiar with that track. Oh, oh wow! Hey, and look at them. Look at the radio still playing something from ten years ago. This song came out, and that song came I didn't out. Say, yeah, I didn't say I was listening to a good radio station. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say this is a fun video, and the uh, the video that Kayla wanted us to also side review was the um, Jimmy <laughs> Fallon and Paul Rudd shot-for-shot recreation of this uh, that they did Mm -hmm. for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, I will say this. uh, There is something comical about Paul Rudd's vocal performance uh, of this song, which he sort of does a... um, like a cheeky rendition. Like, I don't think he's trying specifically to make it good. I think he's intentionally trying to make it a little goofy. Uh, The video itself is pretty goofy. Uh, I think uh, he's trying to capture the spirit of the original. Oh, I think he absolutely captured the spirit. I need to give these guys all of the credit because they, I mean, it's not like this would be an expensive video to recreate, but they did a very (laughs) good job of recreating this video. And uh, I am stunned at how similar looking Jimmy Fallon is to the guy that he is mirroring. Uh, if you watch the original music video, it really yeah. does look like Jimmy Fallon in a wig. And <laughs> yeah, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd even does a, a, a very admirable job of, of getting the, uh, the Pete Burns look down, but the, the amount of, uh, Paul Rudd looks exactly like, and I apologize to my heterosexual cisgendered male friends out there, but mm-hmm. he does a really good impression of looking like what an uncomfortable straight guy looks like <laughs> pretending to be Pete Burns. Yes. Um, yes. It's, he, he, he doesn't have the, the, the movement in his hips. That's all I'm saying. No, he did not. He did not. He was a little more uh, mechanical in his movements there. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Ben, I've, I went back and watched that video a bunch of times. And the thing that always gets a laugh out mm-hmm. of me is that I think they managed to find the same exact 
whatever they are, slip-on sandals or something, whatever it is that Pete Burns is wearing in that overhead glitter shot. Like, they even got those. Yeah. Like, they, they went to a lot of trouble to recreate. And I would imagine this is done because, I mean, it's silly, right? And it's for a comedy show. But you don't yeah. go to quite those lengths unless there's some admiration for the the source material. Oh, God, yeah. It's definitely um, homage rather than anything Just mocking else without it, question. Yes. Yeah, because that's, I mean, they went yeah. to a lot of trouble to recreate it. Uh, I would recommend this. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, so next, something different, not completely different, but a, a different change of pace for sure. Uh, so we'll hop into the second music video for this week after a word from our sponsor. Hey, who you call and collect? My girlfriend. And show her you really care. Dial 1-800-COLLECT. It saves the people you call at least a buck or two. Girlfriends love that. Can someone move that truck? 1-800-COLLECT. Save a buck or two. Beavis and Butthead are not role models. Not even human. They're cartoons. Some of the things they do would cause a person to get hurt, expelled, arrested, possibly deported. To put it another way, don't try this at home. So the next video comes courtesy of Glenn, Cinema Geekly's own Glenn Beauvais. Uh, he actually provided a legitimate request after his initial request, which was Blink-182 videos. Uh, and Ben, I know that you're dreading that day, but I don't know how we, how we can't do the subversive music video that is taking a hard, deep look at boy bands in the 90s and early 2000s. Sure, uh, we'll do it the same week as we do um, Nickelback. Oh, there we go. There we go. World's <laughs> the, the world's worst. Uh, all in, all in oh, one yeah. all in one show. Uh, well, no, there we go. That's where we'll put Bewitched. We'll do them in that episode. <laughs> we'll put Bewitched in with that one with Nickelback and Blink. There you go. Yeah. That'll make Ben's day. What a, what a show that will be. I'm sure Ben I is eagerly be... waiting that day. I will be as drunk as I was on the, I think it was the like Who the, Made Who podcast episode when I was in Brighton drinking gin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Glenn's actual pick is Ways to Go by Group Love. I've The only thing I've ever heard from Group Love before was they, they do the, uh, the closing credits for BoJack Horseman. And I wonder if that was them. Ah, I never bothered looking yes. it up because I'm a lazy researcher, but I thought it might be, yeah. Yeah, the, it's called Back in the 90s. I love that closing credit. I mean, it's only like 40 seconds, but I love... It's one of those shows no, I where like I will... It, 
Yeah, it's one of those shows where I'll watch like the opening credits and the closing credits every time because I just like the music. Mm-hmm. But I had never heard a full-on song from Group Love before. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know that, that was the name of their band. I just, as soon as I heard this song, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, this is who does it. Uh, and then I went and checked just to make sure that I wasn't wrong, but... Uh, yeah, I would and know that's that why, voice. And that's why you're the showrunner of this show. <laughs> I went and looked. You bothered doing your research. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this video... Ben, would you like to try to describe what this video is? This one, you actually can sort of tell um, what's happening. Yeah. So this video, which I have to say, Glenn, I, I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't just enjoy it because it features um, Christian Zucconi, who uh, is the kind of Evan Peters-looking fella in the video. Yes. Uh, who, incidentally, um, and this, is, oh, see, this depends on how much research you've done. How old do you think Christian Zucconi is? Actually, I have not done the research. Looking at him, I want to say maybe mm. t- like 28, 29? Yeah, he's 41. He's older no. than me. Get the fuck out of here. Right? Are exactly. You se- Wait, hold on. Are you serious? I am actual, full-on, proper serious. According to the internet, this man is 41 years of age. And let me just say, I was going to say, I hope I look that good at 41. Only if time travels fucking backwards between now and then. Um, according to the internet, he is 41 years of age. He was born in 1979, um, yes. which would make him 41. So... The good thing about that... That seems is, impossible. My first observation when I watched this video, yeah, I thought, oh, he's kind of pretty in a kind of... You know, I, I grew up in the 90s. I think people who look like that are kind of pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of thought, oh, God, it's a bit creepy. There's me, 40, kind of slightly over guy in his probably mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah, turns out he's older than me. I mean, <laughs> that totally makes that legit. So... Absolutely. Let's start with that. I wonder yeah. if it's the the multicolored hair just has this air of no, it's youth. Not. I, I mean, it's in his face. Fa- looked up other I mean, photographs. You can see pretty. it in his face. Yeah, I was going to say, you can see it in his face, too. He doesn't look like he's in his 40s. God, no. Yeah, he's absolutely older not. than both of us. Yeah, and he's pretty. You can see it a little bit if you find, uh, you know what? Uh, there's a when couple he had of hair cut. Yeah, well, there's some pictures where his hair is cut, and that somehow, yeah, that makes him look older. Yeah. Um, but with the longer hair, yeah. yeah, I would have thought for sure this dude is late twenties, early thirties at the oldest. Mm-hmm. Holy but there it is. shit! Okay, there's a first fun fact about this man. Um, so back to the video, which was a whole load of fun. So the video is basically, let's say, for the sake of argument, that it's. Um, Kim Jong-un. Yes. Um, a baby, a when small he's, child. A uh, little kid. Yeah, and he wakes up in his um, you know, palace built upon the blood of uh, the, the North, North Koreans. Koreans. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, him waking up to, uh, I think w- what we're supposed to take is the music from said band. And yeah, let's presume the second he gets up. Let's presume Group Love went to South Korea to do a show got lost yeah. and were then captured by North Korean officials and were forced yeah, to play music. And, then play, and played over a tunnel in order to wake up yes. Kim Jong-un. So we've got the premise, which I think everyone can relate to. Yes. Uh, I mean, when does that not happen? Do you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. Every he, weekend. he gets out of bed and he gets his funk on from the second he gets up. And yep. basically what you see is him promenading around 
um, this uh, palace with a little spring in his step because of the happy tunes and that, mm-hmm. and um, you know stumbles across uh, some of his generals torturing um, some rather more Western-looking people sat at the desk covered in bruises and stuff, and he calls that shit right off and gets mm-hmm. them to get their boogie on too. Yep. Um, the ho- the whole video is a sort of process of him sort of joyifying his um, sort of state palace full of uh, generals and and lackeys and at the end it ends up with a big old group dance while they all get in their groove on and um, and interspersed with that is because we cannot ever get away from it the mandatory performance video uh, of group love in one of the rooms of the um, palace type place uh, doing a, a, a sort of quirky I've never seen them live so I don't know whether they're quite that quirky in reality mm-hmm. or whether that was a sort of it looked like a heightened video degree of quirkiness but yes. um, a sort of quirky performance from them uh, doing this song and the whole thing I've, I've watched that video maybe five times I won't say it will bring you quite the same amount of joy as a certain Icelandic song from previous episodes <laughs> um, but it it was a whole lot of fun and mm-hmm. I now confess I now have a group love album on my playlist because um, I kind of sucker for what they're what they're serving. So there mm-hmm. you go. yeah, I I love this video and I love this song and uh, like so much so that I I've already at least with this I, I've listened to some of their others as well, but um, so far this is like the standout for me and Ooh. this made it on to like my walking playlist already. I think I've already listened to the song like a dozen times or so um, just in the last few days. And I love the video too. I, I think the video, like it's a really quirky way and fun way of talking about the, something I believe in, which is the power that music can have on people, especially if you're somebody who gets very emotionally connected to things. And to me, like I'm one of those people where music can change my mood, like a sad song will make me feel sad or a happy song will make me feel happy. Um, things like Nickelback will make you feel angry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Make me want to punch shit. Uh, (laughs) or, or go drink a, go drink a beer, something. I don't know. Uh, but an American beer, Ben, not a, not a good one from, you know, oh, absolutely. Not from from <laughs> not America, uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I in general like that's sort of what the the video is. It takes a, a fairly awful person in Kim Jong Un and sort of it's it's almost even like a presupposed like what if this happened when Kim Jong Un was younger and he listened to something that changed his mind about how he treated people. Maybe things wouldn't be so bad, uh, but it's done in like this kind of quirky way. I, I thought the video was tremendous. I loved it. Uh, in relation to what you're saying about the performance, yeah, I thought this song has a lot of energy and it's a lot of fun. But even I thought the group had more energy than the song had. Yeah, definitely. Does so that make sense? Like they were they were jamming so hard to this song. Like (laughs) it's like they had like smells like teen spirit on in the background (laughs) instead of this. Uh, I mean, this has a lot of energy to it and a lot of uh, 
like positivity to it, but they were going so hard in this video that it almost seemed like this isn't the version of the song that they were listening to when they were recording it. But God, yeah, I really like this song. And I don't know if this is what Glenn was expecting when he sent this. I think for sure that maybe there was a part of him that's like, these old guys aren't going to like this, this, this. I know. New kid music, I think, but. Glenn knows me well enough to know that this is fairly squarely in my wheelhouse because yeah. so much of, well, and, and you as well, so much of the music that um, was probably kind of hitting our ears around the time we were in our early teens mm-hmm. um, was basically the immediate um, uh, predecessor of, of this sort of sound. Yep. The only thing I will say about this is, you know, lyrically, um, yeah, nothing so far that I've heard from this band really speaks to me in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, uh, it's things are of their time to people. Um, but it's funny. I mean, this is a band who obviously have some very clear influences in stuff that we grew up listening to. Yeah. And now it kind of makes sense to me because you look at the age of um, the various people involved in it and people like, um, Sean Gadd, who was in um, this band for a pretty long time, and you look at stuff that they've been involved in over the years, and yeah, I mean, this is basically what would happen if somebody with the youth and energy of young people today um, mm-hmm. picked up the sort of uh, sound and the sort of way that people played um, this sort of music in the early to mid nineties. So I, I don't know. I, I, I've initially thought when I saw the sort of thumbnail for the video that Glenn was trolling us with this. And I am now going to hope that in fact, he genuinely thought, Hey, you guys might like this. Yeah. I've, I dare say as soon as this goes out, we're going to get some sort of commentary from him about whether he's disappointed in us though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that would be Glenn, but uh, the memory serves when he suggested it to me, I think it was something, I think it was something along the lines of like, here's like a serious, like a serious suggestion. So I presume this is something he genuinely likes and thought that we would probably also genuinely like, I think. Um, and it, it's good because this is another track, another week, another track that we've added to our respective um, walking stroke running lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, here here's the exchange. Uh, this was this was shortly after we posted the first episode, and he listened, uh, and he told me that he really enjoyed the first episode, even though we talked about Nirvana. Uh, you know, because he's a young, and I guess he's a contrarian when it comes to Kurt Cobain and company, but. Uh, I thanked him, and uh, he says, I have a legit recommendation, Ways to Go by Group Love. I said, I'll add it to the list. Uh, And then after that, he recommended some J-pop, which, you know, maybe we'll get to J-pop someday. Maybe we'll we'll ease our way into J-pop by doing baby metal at some point, Ben. Uh, See, that was, yeah, I was about to say, J-pop's like the first thing he sent me a message about as well. And I was, I was, you know, I'm here for that. Let's, let's get to it. But it didn't turn up, but I'm glad this did. Yeah, me too. Uh, big, uh, big thumbs up. Uh, you know, it's weird in reading about this. Uh, it's hard to find a ton of information about this, uh, this music <laughs> video. But the one weird thing that popped up and in article after article that I could find about it mentioned the same thing over and over again, which seemed like a fairly obvious thing for to me 
but I guess it's all they had to go on. So they just used it in every story, which is letting us know, Ben, that they did not, in fact, actually travel to North Korea to shoot this video. Uh, oh, good to know. I was like, well, you know, wow, it's a very nice of them to to make this relatively subversive North video about the North Korean leader in North Korea. Uh, you know, what a step forward for that country. No, uh, as it turns out, they sh- you, you, you know how you can tell that they didn't do this in North Korea, don't you? Yeah. Hmm. He's, they're still alive. Oh, yes, of course. They're actually That's not the imprisoned. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've no seen them. to anyone's dogs. Yes, yes. We've seen them since, since this video. Uh, yeah. And instead, Ben, you'll be surprised to learn that they shot this in a house in Malibu uh, that was sort of defunct and falling apart. Uh, but... Uh, this feels on brand, yes. Yeah. Uh, frontman Christian Zaccone told MTV News that uh, even though it was in uh, kind of in shambles, they let them run around inside and make their video. So it didn't look very in shambles on the interior, but... Um, no, I was going to say, some good money been spent on set dressing there, isn't there? Yeah, I would say. Uh, but yeah, a good song. A good song and a good video. Uh, so well done, Glenn. Uh, that might be the only time I say that the whole rest of this year. So I hope and you know, I've not said it. So I, <laughs> and I don't intend to start now. <laughs> All right. So uh, one more video for this week's episode. Uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. Agent located. Cold pounding. A triumph. Four stars. Put your mind on cruise control and fasten your seatbelt. Your mission. See it again. Mission Impossible 2, rated PG-13. Now playing everywhere. Around the clock, the music never stops. MTV Music Television. Take a deep breath. Do you like? Do you like that? Have you? I have can't you ever... because I feel like I'm short of an air supply. <laughs> yes. That's uh, <laughs> so smoothly we transitioned into that. I'm I'm very proud of both of us. Uh, the last. I the think last that, that covers it, doesn't it? Should we should we wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> the last music video and song for this week comes from Stacy, and she is selecting making love out of nothing at all by air supply ben there are two different versions of this music video and dare i say we watched the best (laughs) of the two Uh, i love the idea there's two versions of this video because you know one of them was shit 
and the surprise thing about it was so was the other one. <laughs> oh, Ben. Okay, Ben does not like air supply. So th- start throwing your bricks now at your at your monitor. But uh, the uh, I think the original music video is. Uh, the which is not the version we watched, but the original video is with a couple driving to an airport. The man, who is played by Graham Russell of Air Supply, is leaving for a tour and asks the woman, played by Graham Russell's actual real-life wife, Jody Russell, to join him uh, as he gives her anything she wants. They have a conversation. There's the band playing, um, all of that stuff. The other video is completely opposite of that which is the one that we watched, which uh, does have, um, there are interspersed scenes of the band performing the song, but uh, the the video story is set in 1960s New York and involves a Marine and a young woman and the various challenges they encounter in their relationship, which is a nice way of saying, this guy is a fucking prick to this woman. And, uh, she just sticks with him, I guess, Ben, because it's the 60s and that's what you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to put all of his dollars in the douche jar, but yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy was an asshole. Uh, so, for some reason, I don't know why my mind went to this, Ben, but thinking about the song, thinking about the lyrics, like I thought it was uh, kind of like, a sweet song about how you uh, how two people start without knowing anything about each other like they have nothing but then something comes from it uh, as they spend time together this in this context and looking at the video everything about it kind of re-going through the lyrics it's definitely not about sex it's about relationship and in this context, it sort of feels like he's an asshole, but we're going to make it work, sort of, which is an old-fashioned mindset for sure, so I guess I can see where that comes from, but kind of not the thing that would be made today, I don't think. In fact, people are sort of of the reverse mindset of, if it's not working, you know, don't try to force it. So... Yeah, I uh, I always thought that this was just about sex, because why not? But uh, in fact, the actual uh, the uh, the actual artists say that it is not about that. It is really about uh, making a relationship happen when people are very different from one another, which I suppose can sometimes happen, Ben. But uh, not worth fighting it, I don't think, in my opinion. Especially if you watch the guy in this fucking video. What a prick! But who cares what I think, Ben? You're not you're not digging this, and I want to know what is going on in Ben Knight's head as he watches Air Supply. In the late '80s, early '90s, there was a company called the Original Karaoke Company, and I don't know whether they actually were the original karaoke company. Could just be um, a clever name, yeah. Yeah, it's not relevant for the purposes of these stories. Um, And what they did was they produced VHS cassettes of uh, maybe 15 um, tracks on each that were karaoke. And unlike the karaoke of today with the blue screen or whatever screen and the Mm -hmm. little words and everything else, they had um, 
artful videos that would appear in the background that would tell a story that would help convey and given that 90% of the tracks on all of these videos were Beatles songs the same stock footage of signs of Penny Lane in Liverpool yep. um, now why do I mention this I hear you ask uh, simply because this video is unquestionably made by the same people who made that stinking pile of crap oh because... really okay yeah because and, 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 oh, I'm going to find some links on YouTube and maybe stick them in the show notes or something to some of these um, original karaoke company videos. They were all kind of, you know, that I guess these days we just call it VHS focus, mm-hmm. um, uh, overly stylized, uh, just bullshit. And <laughs> I don't know where to start with this. I hate everything about that as a video format when it's done unironically. And let me tell you, um, as why never did anything ironically. No, uh, the Ernest. the earnestness that comes through from um, these two people who met whilst working on um, I think an early production of Jesus Christ Superstar for God's yes. sake. The clues are all there. Um, you know, the, the uh, everything about it's awful. The performance <laughs> um, elements of the video features the squinty little. Um, person uh, Graham Russell Graham squinting Russell. away at the camera looking earnest it looks like three members of the flying pickets probably the good looking ones of which there were none um, are just out of shot somewhere and they've left the ugly two uh, and every, I mean, everything about this I hate do you know it's a fun fact how many members of um, well how many musicians uh, could at one point or another refer to themselves as being current or former members of Air Supply I actually do not know. 33. There's a fucking reason for that. These two people are monsters. <laughs> Russell Hitchcock and Graham Russell. I mean, the, how is that even? I mean, that's a weird coincidence, right? Russell and Russell. Graham Russell, Russell. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, everything about this is bloody sinister, and I hate it. Um, and sinister? That is I hate a charge. the song. I hate it is sinister. I hate the song. I hate the um, the video. <laughs> I hate. Uh, I don't hate Australia, which is where at least one of them is from. I, I love Australia, although they are from Melbourne, which is like the shitty bit of Australia. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, they twin it with before anyone writes in. Yes, I know it's twinned with Manchester. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> the the truth of the matter is everything about this is bloody ghastly. And if you're finding yourself listening to Air Supply and getting like the feels or something yeah firstly go and have a photograph or go and find a photograph of um russell hitchcock uh who is by by a long way the worst looking of a lot of them um mm. he's the one who squints and sings uh, go and find a picture of him in uh any time from about 2006 ish uh, the wikipedia picture has a picture from 2006 um and you just tell me whether you can imagine these words coming out of his mouth Carol Baskin, that fucking bitch. <laughs> he looks like he owned a tiger farm and maybe shot his <laughs> really? boyfriend. Now um, I gotta go look. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about this is ghastly. And here's the thing. Uh, this came in from listener Stacy, who is so lovely on the internet about this show. Mm-hmm. And I-, I suspect that's going to end probably now. <laughs> but I'm thinking what's happened here is we've expected Glenn to troll us, and he hasn't. Uh-huh. And we've expected Stacy to give us something... 
you know, that she thinks is a fantastic piece of um, musical history and she's trolling us. I think that's what's going on here. And if that is, you beautiful, beautiful, evil genius. <laughs> well, if it's not, then Stacey, love, give your head a wobble. This is awful. <laughs> I, I don't want to break your heart on this one, Ben, but I, that that is a, a legitimate like. And furthermore, to, to, to further break your brain, I also <laughs> like this song. Oh, God. Yes. It's, it's been a good run. It's been a good run of three episodes. N- next week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, in the next episode, uh, you'll be joined by your host, uh, Anthony Lewis. <laughs> and um, who, who hasn't tagged him for a while? Aaron, we need you, mate. <laughs> Aaron, you come, come back. This. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm no, out. I've, got a, I've got a soft spot in my heart for like 80s soft rock, for sure. Uh, I don't even know if you could call this soft rock, really. It's it's softer than that, but um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what I, is it? Sort of 80s putty? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, there's just something. There's just something about that. Like I, I don't know. I love. Uh, well, I've got some. Uh, do you know what? I've got some good news for you based yes. on that piece of information. Right. Yes. This is this is the thing that's appalled me. In fact, there's two things that have appalled me more mm. than this. Um, Air Supply in 2010 um, made a new record. I mean, no one really knows why. No one asked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was produced by Russell one of them don't know whether that's first name or last name in the context of of this piece of information one of the russells and it was um it was uh engineered by sean o'dwyer and do you know who else he's worked with no i do not now this is someone who's been podcasting for 15 years he worked with blink 182 (laughs) fucking mic drop it all comes full circle Yes. And and the added bonus, now I realise I should have put that last, which is why it's only been 15 years, not longer, um, is in February 2018, they announced that in the long, tra- long tradition of the last five years of jukebox musicals, of which I think we're all glad that they became a thing, aren't we? Hmm. Um, Air Supply, the musical, is a coming at you. It's called <laughs> All Out of Love, the musical. In fact, it's already come at some people, the people who are at Resorts World Manila, and I feel that they knew what they were fucking paying for. Um, <laughs> off you go to Resorts World Manila, and, you know, that's what you get. In October 2018, it features a new song, because who wouldn't want to hear more of Graham Russell complaining about Carol Baskin, um, called <laughs> I Was In Love With You. And oh. all I want is to know who that was by, and to give that person the opportunity to write a song in response. Now, now uh, Ben, if you're if you're really upset at the song, you're really mad at Jim Steinman, who is the songwriter of this uh, tune. And in uh, fact, I, I think it's been established previously. I'm always angry at Jim Steinman for everything he's done. <laughs> he did, in fact, offer this song to Meatloaf and yes, to of course Bonnie he did. Tyler. Meatloaf isn't an idiot. Meatloaf, Meatloaf passed turned on it. it down. Bonnie Tyler was probably drunk somewhere in Cardiff. I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie, Cardiff. Bonnie Tyler also turned it down, and Air Supply uh, was the group that uh, that took it and, and did it. And uh, also, during the recording, uh, the, the, the musician lineup, and both the recording and during the tour uh, was uh, normal. Never the but, same twice? 
Well, they well they and and they note here that Steinman, known for his lavish rock opera ish type productions, used mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band members, Roy Bitten uh, on keyboards, and Max Weinberg on drums to musically underscore the recording uh, with like energies. Rick Derringer, who was previously a guitarist for the McCoys, uh, provided electric uh, the electric guitar solo that made uh, the sound of making love out of nothing at all stand out so drastically apart. From other air supply songs, Ben. So you it's had like Rick... a who's who of Schmaltz rock, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what though, I am and can be at times a little schmaltzy. So uh, it's a thing. I'm not afraid of it. But next time you're feeling a bit schmaltzy, go and put some bleed Darren Hayes on or something. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, there's a there's a there are a. Uh, a lot of waves that that float my boat, Ben. Uh, this this happens to be one of them. It's on the outer reaches, but it's certainly there. However, I think it's okay that we have this difference of opinion. Uh, Stacey, I'm not angry with you. I am just disappointed. <laughs> oh no, um, she might come for you. You got to be careful. Uh, oh, I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> come at me. Ben's like, I've got a cat. It will protect me. It's not gonna, but <laughs> bloody no, that's a useless. Like that. <laughs> It'd be like take care of the human. This will be my. This will be my domain now. Uh, I mean, it already is. Let's be honest. <laughs> this but, is my design. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's Stewie. Yeah, that's what your cat is essentially. It's just planning and plotting. You don't know it yet, but it knows it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Ben, not a thumbs up for this video. I I think this video is weird but only because like the whole concept like the guy is such an asshole it's like watching the star wars prequels all over again uh for me it's like how can <laughs> like how can this woman love this man at all like he's just he just seems like the biggest dick and she's like we just gotta make it work I'm like no no you don't throw that fucking guy out of the window christ uh it was a different time we didn't know then. <laughs> yeah, hindsight, of course, being 2020. Uh, by the way, uh, in 1995, Bonnie Tyler did cover Making Love Out of Nothing at All. So there you go. Okay, let, let me tell you, in well, the last 30 years, Bonnie Tyler has not... There's not been a song ever written that she hasn't um, made a cover of. And, and if you're not familiar with Bonnie Tyler, of course, she's the woman with a voice like a cat being dragged through the center of an <laughs> entire bag of driveway grit. Now more, um, now more I, than I ever. I think she's marvelous. Now more than ever, she no, needs a hero, Ben. You're, you're really dragging her through the mud. She's superb. Um, <laughs> right, just so you know, and hopefully it will make its way to the show notes, what I've sent to uh, to you mm-hmm. is a video on YouTube, which I'm just double-checking to make sure there's nothing sketchy. Well, nothing beyond the obvious. Yeah. Oh, no, that's pretty sketchy. Um, <laughs> it's called Throwback Creepy 80s Karaoke <laughs> Video. Videos. Now, can I just say though this one's even weirder than the ones I had in mind because it's a video I don't even know what song it is um, but it's like the ones I'm talking about but like even lower rent Oof. than the ones I was talking about yes I don't even know what I'm seeing here but you're relatively sure it's the same production well, company that produced the yeah. uh, the story portion of this video 
Definitely. And okay. if I find a better one, I will send it to you. I bet I can find one of this song. <gasps> that's what I'm going to do. Wrap the show up. I'm going to look at that. Okay. Well, that's the podcast for this week. Uh, before we uh, before we send you off, a reminder that uh, you can send in uh, videos to be mocked by Ben at your leisure uh, on all of the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Cinema Geekly, and of course, uh, cinemageekly at gmail.com is where you can send your emails uh, to, once again, uh, I would like to note that it would be Ben mocking your suggestions and, of course, <laughs> never me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and on top of all of that, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Pod Jockeys, hit subscribe. And uh, that way you can come back next time where Ben and I will review three more music videos. I haven't confirmed. <laughs> <laughs>